Tim and Tom. Man, I was still working on the house, so we had a pipe burst upstairs in the midst of our kitchen remodel, which, of course, has caused damage behind the kids' bathroom's wall, ceiling, and then it has then leaked down below to the basement, or not the basement, but the uh, guest room, the main level below. So now we've got to tear that ceiling apart. And then we found back there that this had happened before through previous owners. They hadn't got it properly cleaned up, and now there's mold back there. So uh, uh, home ownership, don't do it, Tom. You I don't it. like to. It's well, been, I mean, I'm kind of, yeah, I definitely right. don't like it. Yeah, you're de facto are. You're just not uh, legally documented as such. Right, uh, exactly. Right? So yeah, there's some commonality uh, legalities involved there, I'm sure. But yeah, but you get the idea now. You see how it works. When do you think you'll stop working on that house? Never. I don't think you ever do if you are okay with it just kind of not it just slowly falling apart you know what i mean like that's the problem like it's always unless you want it to be falling apart like going bad something's always needing in repair or upgrade and that's kind of the the rock or the hard place you can either live in a house that is getting worse or you can be making it better right that is not what life's about it's not it's not and it sucks that that's what our biggest financial investment for most people uh is is bankrolled on is where you live it's an odd system how we do that as a society if you're looking at that as like from a cultural anthropology aspect you know i'm sure we're odd to a lot of other societies around the world like man and in history like just really like that's what you guys live for is you you go to make money to the things that you have so you can go to make money it's just this cycle all right i don't like it yeah yeah no. Yeah, we don't fix anything. I mean, we fix things, but nothing's really breaking. Now we don't have two kids and five dogs, so mm-hmm, that you know mm-hmm. that adds some wear and tear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we have well, like, for so- example, well, for example, like the fridge, the ice makers broke, right? Mm-hmm. So we turned it off because one, ice isn't that important because the fix is like two hundred and fifty dollars. So okay, oh, like sure. everything mm-hmm. is still cold. The freezer's oh, still frozen. Yeah. So uh, and don't yeah, get no me wrong, way. there's many times where we live with something that's broken. I mean that happens um, quite a bit. Um, so it has allowed us to. We were living in a duplex in 2013, and have, you know through a couple different moves and upgrades, and by doing this and improving the value of the home, and now we've got a 40 acre property out here. You know, so uh, you know, I mean it's it's got its ups and downs. It's a headache for sure at times, but. <laughs> Tim and Tom. Watching a lot of uh, college basketball. Some of my favorite times to do that. The uh, college basketball. You hate it. Uh, you, you you don't like it. I love basketball. No, no, no. no. Hold right. on. Oh, yeah, I no. You love basketball. basketball. Right. But I am a snob, and I like to watch the best of the best, so yeah. I'm not going to waste my time watching not the best of the best. The thing that bothers me about it, I don't mind that it's not the best of the best because then I get, you know what I mean? Then it's about uh, who can put together the the best, you know what I mean? Game playing that game with the pieces. That, you know what I mean? It's a little more of that kind of roll of the dice aspect of it. So you get a lot of those like, oh, wow, the 10th seed ups, you know, upset the 4th seed, right? So it's fun in that aspect. It is just the most mismanaged, uh, disorganized, non-functioning body I've ever seen. The refs all work independently of each other. They just get to pick where they want to go referee. They The NCAA 
doesn't really do anything to stop any of the rule breaking they do you know what i mean like it's just this weird it's just a it's a hard product to watch uh in that aspect right you're like you guys can't figure can't pull your own head out of your you know what uh you know what i mean to make this a, an enjoyable thing to watch they the games are terribly slow because they let these refs call ticky tack stuff you know what i mean or can't referee the game enough to get them to stop doing that stuff you know what i mean like it's just a it's a mess and i just don't get the other thing i don't like about the ncaa and it works in conjunction with the nba and for those who don't know you have to go one year out of high school you have to be one year college or you could play international so you could go to like Australia or like the ball brothers that went to Lithuania, even though one is still in high school, but the other one uh, is in his college years. Uh, And then you can go to the NBA. But for me, it's the only sport that that's not true because baseball is very similar. I get why football, let me, let me back up. I get why football, you need three years out of high school to then join that league because an 18 year old boy and a 25-year-old man have different bodies, and in a game when you're running full speed into each other, there's safety precautions. But in basketball, there's just not. Now, you could say down low, there's boxing out and stuff, but that has a lot to do with technique as well, not just physical attributes, which that helps. But Joel Embiid, for example, was the same body type at 18 that he is at 20. So I guess I don't understand... The, the reason, another reason why I don't like watching the NCAA, other than I'm not going to invest in time when this guy is going to go away in two years and become a real estate agent in Delaware or whatever, is they don't have, they shouldn't have to do that. Like if, if they want to, they should be going to the NBA. Now, if you say, well, they need to work on their jump shot or they need to work on their dribbling skills, well, guess what? You have, it's a stupid term, but the G League, which is their minor league system. Have them go there. Right. Like, I, I just get tired that these institutions make money off of free labor for their own benefit. And it's in a sport that they don't need to be going to that university for. Then you're just getting all of these quote unquote powerhouses just reloading every time. And it's like, well, that's mm-hmm. stupid. Right. Yeah. If, if they don't need to go there, you're just making a mockery of both your athletic and your academic institution. Right. Cause like <laughs> if I wanted to be an electrician and I have the skills that I think I'm ready for out of high school, I shouldn't have to go one year to college to then be get, yeah. become an electrician. Well, but and here's why both things love it. The NCAA gets to have these stars for a year. They get a market the heck out of them. They get to make a bunch of money and not give uh, hardly any of it that they weren't already giving to any of the other player that would have been filling that role, uh, you know what I mean? Through a scholarship and the NBA likes it because they get to test them out for a year while somebody else is fitting the bill. I don't know. I would think as the NBA, you would want to invest in your minor league system and make more money right. in that. Sure. And so then just get these kids to go like, Hey, don't go to Syracuse. Don't go to Duke. You're going to rip your ACL. Then you're going to be worthless. At least make some money well, with us. And yeah. we'll make a star of you in, right. Omaha, Nebraska. And, and, and yeah, they're not going to let you like hold a job. They're not going to let you go. You know what I mean? Like you've got to go take yeah. these tests. What are you going to take a test? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, look, we'll find you girls. You don't need to worry about college girls. You know what I mean? Like just forget it. Yeah. It's, or, it's yeah. 
yeah, you're supposed to be a student athlete. So, hey, I understand that North Carolina is coming in here and it's going to be nationally televised and you have press to do because that makes sense. And you have all of this game planning to memorize. But hey, on top of that, Wednesday morning, and I know your game is on Friday morning, but on Wednesday morning, I'm going to bring a tutor to you and you're going to have to take an algebra test. Why? I don't know. We all know that you're here to play basketball professionally, but 2% of them make it. So we're going to prepare you, quote unquote, for the real world and make you just pass this test. Tim and Tom. So Saturday I worked the Invicta show, which is an all-female MMA show. Uh, That was fun. Uh, It was good to get back to work for a day because I've been unemployed for the last month because of – uh, my Excelligent company filing for bankruptcy on 30 minutes notice. Uh, so it was good to like, hey, you have some responsibility and move around and talk to coworkers. So did that on Saturday. And then Sunday night, uh, I watched the head coach of the gym that I train at, Glory MMA and Fitness, James Krause, uh, win a split decision or excuse me, a unanimous 29, 28 decision over Alex white, uh, other glory competitor, uh, Zach Cummings was supposed to fight on the card. Unfortunately, he slipped in the shower two days before the fight, cut his head open. He's okay, but he had to get stitches, but because of that was unable to compete in the fight. So he got scratched. So that sucked. But James fought did not look the best as far as dominant, but got the win. Um, that was Sunday night. And then I also picked up Emily. Emily went to Minnesota. Her best friend moved out to Minnesota. So she went to the mall of America. She got me a fun little mug and a little pin, um, that was cute. So I took her out there on Friday and picked her up Sunday night in the snow. Cause I'm oh. that good of a boyfriend uh-huh. Uh-huh. and, uh, just been hanging out. Other would, than you, that, uh, would you pick me up in the snow at the airport? Well, okay, so yes, but where am I taking you? Like, so I pick you up. I drive you from my house. I drive from my house to the airport. Then where am I going? I live pretty close to the airport. I live like uh, uh, probably how how close? I probably twenty minutes away. No, you live farther away than. Uh, no, oh. I did. Mm. <laughs> no, I would. I would. God, I'm a pushover when it comes to that. I love to be like. <laughs> Good to hey, know. Let me write this down. I am. I'm the, I'm the biggest pushover in the world because uh, it's like one of those things where it's like, hey, if you need help moving, call someone else. But then if you call me, I, I'll do it. That's at T Mac underscore eight one six on Twitter. Right, but here's the thing: I'm I don't have any good skills, so you're not gonna do well with having me there. Like it's always the thing when in high school or college when someone was like, man, I wish you just do my homework for me. I'm like, I would be glad to. I will let you know. I don't know what your interest is, so you will get an F, yeah. but I will do it for you. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I am with helping. Like, if you need, like, my handyman skills, great. I will help you. But let let it be known, you will not get good help. Mm-hmm. I may or may not have written uh, essays for people uh, when they were required to hand in essays in various uh, institutions for, for a fee. Oh, uh, it was so known in my high school. We were called the breakfast club. It was five of us. What we would do is one person, I would be history. Another mm-hmm. person would be English. The other person would be math. And then the other person would be, uh, our science. Mm-hmm. We would do, I would do all the history homework. 
That person would do all the English. And then in the morning at breakfast, we would just switch our homeworks around and just copy the homeworks. And just that's what we'd hand out. And everyone knew it. We were known as the breakfast club because that's what we did every morning at breakfast. And the teachers were like, well, what are we going to do? I'm like, that's, nothing. Yeah, are not going to do we'll just, Yeah, we'll go home and do this. Or we can do it here. Let us just do it here. Yeah. You guys used your resources around you uh, to turn in a better product. Yeah. And it was great. I passed everything. Uh, you should have was, graduated right then. They should have just been like, give him a cap, yeah. cap, cap and give him a diploma. Handwrite it. Yeah. Tom. So. Graduated. I, all, <laughs> all my homework was amazing. So it was like 100%, you know. But then my tests were like 70s. Yeah. You do really yeah. well in history, Tom, on your tests, right. but everything else you get Fs. <laughs> yeah. I like, I got like Cs. And so my grades would always be like low Bs, C pluses. And they'd be like, oh, man, that stinks. I'm like, eh, I passes. figured out pretty early on that teachers love to wait their tests more. Now, they tell you that's because um, you, uh, you know, they know that you're actually learning the material, right? But it's really because of what uh, can happen for somebody like me, because I figured out you can do this. If you can score 100 on the test or virtually near it, you don't really got to do much homework and still pass with a D, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty damn easy. So all you got to do is know the material, right? And I can be out of here, and I, and you can just be like, you turn anything in today? Be like, nah. You know what I mean? Just do a few to keep that number up so you can pat a little uh, dip on the test if you fall a little. And uh, mm-hmm. easy money. No child left behind, right? There you go. Is that still a thing? No <laughs> I, don't child left behind? I don't know. I don't, think I don't even is. know. I don't even know what that ter- what that logistically actually was. I don't know. I was oh, a little too young was, for that. Uh, it was basically like, uh, and I might be misquoting, but I remember it in high school because it was always quoted because my high school ye- years were the Bush, no child left behind. But it was basically well, it was like the Clintons, wasn't it? The that did the no child no left no child left behind is uh the bush george the w second bush right yeah second bush yeah right, george w right, right um from what i remember because it was just like yeah the clintons was pound- it takes a village yeah right. uh but the no child left behind was just pounded into our head and it was basically like test or everything test yeah. or everything mm-hmm. and if you don't do well in tests then you have to retest well, and standardized testing standardized testing it was all testing 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 hey guess what tomorrow test yeah oh that still is a thing because there is always these hey it's time for these standardized blah 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 blah. but they're going away with a little bit of that i've seen since my kids are in school now they're dialing some of that back they realize like well okay guys this is overboard right oh the other thing i did which kind of goes into the schooling but and i'll tie it in Mm -hmm. just a little bit but i saw the post the Tom Hanks. Meryl oh yeah. Street. There you go. Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. Okay. Now let's tie it back into the school talk. This is what I get irritated because history was my favorite class. This is what gets me irritated about the school system is we pound into their head. The reconstruction era, uh, foil for algebra, um, dissecting a frog mm-hmm. and, and what, what was uh what's the other one english writing cursive and it's yeah. like those things are all ancient for mm-hmm. the reconstruction era has its benefits right but what i'm getting at is like no one i guarantee you ask any high school freshman to senior they do not know what the mcnamara experiment is they do not know what the pentagon papers are but guess what that dealt with first amendment freedom of speech 
What's more important, and this is just me speaking, what's more important to a well-rounded human being? The Pythagorean theory mm-hmm. or knowing that the First Amendment is essential to everyday life? Yeah, uh, well. So what are we teaching, though? I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I just don't know. I think our education system uh, is really screwed up, and even mostly because calling it an education system is a bit of a misnomer. It is hundreds of, if not thousands, of education systems all trying to operate in the same spaces. And it really is a screwed up thing. So if you go, hey, this is stupid what we're teaching everybody. Let's teach them this stuff. And you convince everybody around you and they go, yeah. And they go, cool. All right. Well, you got to get that cleared with the state. Well, now you got to convince everybody in the state. And and that state goes, all right, great. Cool. We're doing that. Now you got 49 other states. You know what I mean? Like, and each of those states all has those little districts. So you've got to start at those. It's just a mess. I don't even know how we let it get to this bunch of a... So impossible to change, just, oh, it's weird. I don't know. I just, I I think my point, though, is we're going to keep saying until we're blue in the face, and this seems to be from teachers to uh, students to former students to parents of students and all this stuff, that the education system's broken. Why are we finishing, you know, in the bottom third of education, yet we're not changing legitimately anything it's 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 chaos or it's insanity insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result so what are we doing we're teaching foil is foil needed yeah is foil this is what i'm telling you i don't think they can change i don't think they can change because you the way it's structured and set up you will have to independently go to a thousand plus different districts and and states and all these different organizations because that's how these school there's no like you don't go to the federal education they go all right everybody's now gonna t- teach this instead it's so that's why, why that because it's just not structured that way and none of the states and the local municipalities are going to give up their power so they're going to fight every single law you try to pass to change it so i don't I'm know cool. how you fix it this is why I don't have kids. I ain't putting my kid through this. I'm not. That's so stupid. Then don't, then, yeah, then, no. That's so dumb. Why, there why are, does anyone want a kid? There are a whole lot of accredited online uh, elementary school thing. Like, I mean, there's there's ways to not do it. But what there's are they teaching? The same, the same, well, no, the same I mean, they, they boast stuff? They boast a lot of different curriculums. But, yes, they still have a lot of uh, – things that they have to follow by a board of regents that's where you'd start probably because they oversee a lot of uh um you know i mean what's taught and stuff like that over various land areas it's a mess it really is Uh, it's outdated it's slow to change and it's it's a bureaucracy and it's just all dumb yeah and i don't mean to go on a tangent but i was just thinking about like how amazing. So going back to the post, the post was so good. I yeah. loved it. It was just top notch in every category I could think of. Um, and then I was just thinking like, no one knows this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I love American history. You know that most people listening to this podcast more than an episode know that. And even I was like, wait a minute, this goes back to Truman. This went from Truman to Nixon. No way. <laughs> and I'm like, how do I not know this? Oh, because I know that uh, 
photosynthesis is the process of a damn plant being born. Freaking mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then I started getting mad about the education system, but, and it's so yeah. hard because right. So well, what I say, like, I'm saying that history is more important than science and math. Cause I didn't like science and math. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if we got an engineer on they're like, well, shut up. You can't make anything if you don't know. Yeah, I know. So, save the, the the emails or tweets about yeah. well what about this yeah no but what you're I'm saying is yeah your mean. overarching point is is that yeah. it, we're teaching outdated nonsensical stuff that they're not going to use uh there's no applicable benefit to some of this stuff that we're teaching them. Yeah. so i remember uh buying our first homes and stuff right we're experiencing a little bit of trouble with the air conditioner uh we the guy comes over uh to work on it right the home warranty guy he comes over he's gonna work on the air conditioner he's like oh yeah it's really dusty you ought to hose this thing off and i was like hose it off and it's the air conditioner unit on the outside and i was like you just take a hose to it he's like yeah and i was like Oh, so you can get what, you know, and he's like, well, yeah, it sits out here in the rain. I was like, yeah, I guess that's right. And I was like, but you can just like put the hose right on it. And I was like, you know what I mean? Like the full pressure. And he's like, yeah, it's totally fine. And I was like, oh, and he goes, in fact, you're supposed to do it once every whatever. Right. Like, especially in high dusty things. I was like, oh, and I was like, why are we not telling people? Like everybody's got to buy a house or own a thing. Like, why is this not how, how? I couldn't have known that. I yeah. couldn't have known that. What am I going to read? Am I going to read every single manual on every single, uh, uh, appliance and everything in the house like and do i understand it even like it, there's no yeah. we're not teaching them yeah how to do taxes we're not teaching them how to invest funds we're not to, you know maybe they there is some in later high schools where you get these well you can join the future business clubs i'm sure those kids right. are getting a little but it's just not yeah. why aren't we teaching middle schoolers how to balance it you know what i mean like i don't get it i guess here's what I'll kind of summarize my point in is that in an ever changing world we are still teaching kids how to write cursive. Mm -hmm. Like that's not needed. It's not needed. First of all, it never really was. But second, it's definitely not needed in a digital age. So I'm just saying, let's, let's revamp some things here. And maybe they have stopped teaching cursive. Obviously I haven't been in a elementary room since I was a substitute teacher, which I didn't teach it at that time. But I'm just saying the movie opened my eyes and made me think. And then, uh, it also got me thinking like, why don't I know this kind of similar to like what you were talking about? Like, why don't I know that I can do this when owning the house is predominantly a everyone kind of thing. So. Even not even owning, but some people rent a lot of homes. You know what I mean? Like, how, right. like right, right, right. there's just none of those like, yeah, like why isn't basic auto maintenance, so, you know, everybody's got a car almost. Well, maybe not. Maybe moving forward, everything's going to go to the Uber. So maybe, well, that's, maybe yeah. that's a dying out thing. Maybe we missed the boat on that, right? We missed that. Let's skip that because, you know what I mean? We should have been teaching that for the last 20 years, but we missed it. So now let's get on board and, you know what I mean? Like start teaching stuff that's actually going to apply to somebody's life and yeah. how to well, not get. in the East Coast, yeah, in the East Coast, knowing how to fix cars is not needed because they're public transportation. There's right. so many people who don't even own a car. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a Uber here. It's a train ride there. Sure. It's a bus ride here. So yeah. But anyhow, yes, I think we're kind of saying the same thing now. Uh, but yeah, the post cannot recommend it any more higher than what I've been trying to say. It's fascinating. It's thought provoking. It's uh, thrilling, which is weird. Cause you kind of, it's thrilling, even though you know the outcome, at least, if you paid attention, you know, the outcome, uh, the only thing sad is it's kind of about that. This isn't trying to ruin it. Cause again, it's history and you should kind of know this, but it's about 
the the family business of the Washington Post and how Meryl Streep's character kind of uh, in the in the face of opposition persevered and stuck to her guns and said, this is going to be my company. You know, I'm walking out of the shadows of my father and my husband, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, then I got really sad. Cause then I was like, Oh, but the Washington post now is owned by Amazon. Mm. Wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. like, or it's owned by, uh, or it's owned by, um, Rupert Murdoch. It's one of the two. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, Oh, well that stinks. Cause now this isn't a, this isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> Have you seen the movie, the founder? No, but I really want to about the McDonald's franchises, how they went from like just being them to him going like, you know what we should do? Take and, this everywhere. And just yeah, take it. Like, and then, yeah, I mean, and you just get a feel. Now, of course, whoever wrote this movie obviously set out to make you understand that this guy's not a good guy, right? Like right. in the end that he was all about himself and, and yada, yada. And that may or may not be true. I'm not saying either way, obviously, but you can tell it's one-sided, but it's certainly uh you just watch it and you're like, yeah, wow, this is how we got here, right? Like, because it, it's not even just McDonald's. Like, you feel like it applies to so many things. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is how we got here. This is how it happened. Yeah, and, and, and the message of uh, of the post is not that. It just made right. me think, like, oh, I want to see who owns. Oh, that's right. It's not mm-hmm. in the family anymore. <laughs> and then I got sad. Uh, yeah. But anyhow, so, yeah, the post, fantastic movie. It's not a long, drawn-out you know, a Lincoln type movie sure. where you've got to invest six hours or whatever. It's a, it's a standard movie, but very, very well done. Loved it. All right. I'm going to check it out. Tim and Tom. Did you catch the Minneapolis miracle? Yeah, actually, uh, going back to picking up Emily from the airport, she was in oh, the Minnesota yeah. airport okay. when it happened. Oh, yeah. Wow. And she said they were, went nuts. I'm it sure. It's incredible. Oh man, uh, everybody, we, there was a bunch of people in my, well, not a bunch of people. There was, uh, m- my family and then, uh, our friend who was there helping us work on the house and they all ran to the store and I was left there for, I, I forget whatever reason. Right. And I was just watching the rest of the game and all that happened. I was like, Whoa, oh man, this is insane. Right. And nobody's airs me and the dogs. Right. And then mm-hmm. they walk in like a short minute after that, right? And I'm like, you guys just missed the most amazing thing. And they're like, what happened? And I was like, I don't even know. And I was like, I think they fell over. Like, I don't get it. What happened? <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. If it was in a bigger market, if that would have been Giants versus the Jets, or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making that up. But if it was in, if it was LA versus New York, yeah. that rookie would be Bill Buckner times a million because that was a Bill Buckner moment. Like Bill Buckner lives in infamy because he just didn't get down enough on a grounder to first. And this guy, I think his name was Malcolm Butler. No, that's not true. That's Malcolm Butler plays for the Patriots. I can't remember his name, name. Yeah, but he whiffed at the absolute worst time. Like, and the thing is, because hindsight's twenty twenty, so we could easily tell him now, like, oh, why didn't you do? But all you had to do was just grab him. Yeah. So he said, uh, and again, he's like, ah, oh, man, I screwed up big time. You know, he takes fall for it. But he says his his immediate thought process was that he thought he was going to commit pass interference by colliding with the guy and then thus giving them the opportunity to win. So he thought he would miss that and then the guy behind him would have time to catch him the only problem is he took that guy out when he fell over and then it ruined that that whole thing so not only did like you 
you gave up thinking that was the right thing to do against, you know what I mean, as counterintuitive as that may sound. And if he doesn't take the guy out, might have been the right thing to do, right? But it just happens to also take your guy out at the knees and take your whole season out at the knees as well. And, oh, man, what a fun ending. And what an incredible way to end it because you know that Minnesota didn't even think that they would win because the first reaction of everyone was, what? Now, that was either bad or good. It was literally two cities saying the same word, obviously not the same word, but saying the same word and having completely different inflection and tone. Yeah, (laughs) I know. What? What (laughs) the? You know what I mean? Everybody, yeah, yeah, it was in tense i it, yeah he catches the ball and he, you can look on the sidelines they're like oh go you know like everybody's just like i can't believe this just happened it was that a was great like, game i think i think okay so now we're in the final four and it seems like mm-hmm. final four is always the funnest thing to do oh, in yeah. all on all of it so who you got okay we got minnesota and philadelphia mm-hmm. in philadelphia and we've got jacksonville versus new england in New England, the winners go to the Super Bowl. Who do you got? Pick, give me the Super Bowl. Okay. Before I do that, I, I just re- was reminded of one thing. Um, that ending, to steal a baseball term, was the first ever at the end of regulation walk-off touchdown in NFL playoff history. At the end of regular, like with no time remaining on the clock. Because we've had some overtime games, which are by nature going to be a walk-off scenario. Uh, for a lot of football especially. But yeah, never had regulation ended with a team scoring a touchdown to win the game ever in NFL playoff history. How impressive is that? It's incredible. It's incredible. All, All right. because of a missed tackle. All because of a missed tackle and taking your own guy out. So, um, well, we hear reports, Tom, that your Tom and uh, partner in crime up there, uh, number 12, has not practiced for two days straight because an unnamed – New England Patriot hit his hand in practice, causing him to go get MRIs. You mean a fired Patriot. Yeah, former <laughs> Patriot who has never been seen or heard from again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That guy is gone <laughs> for life. Um, I don't think Suddenly Gronkowski's not playing on, on game day. We're going to be like, um, they're like, Gronk well, no. who? Most likely, like, all of a sudden we don't have a backup safety. Why don't <laughs> yeah. we have a backup safety? Like we never did. <laughs> but people, uh, people who I, ask questions like that disappear like backup safeties do. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I don't. Well, first off, I don't think the injury is going to be that serious. Sure. Right. That being said, my gut. I even told you this when it, I think it was like twenty-one to three in the Jacksonville Pittsburgh game that Jacksonville's winning the Super Bowl. So I'm not going away from that. Jacksonville has. I think the best, most solid, straight up defense in the NFL. Now, I know I'm saying that, and they gave up 42 points to Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh also has the best wide receiver, the best running back, and arguably a top five quarterback. New England does not have those three weapons. They have probably the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest tight end of all time, absolutely no running back, and then 15 white wide receivers that graduated with. Uh, master's degrees in math or something that's going to catch 15 balls for 200 yards, but they don't have the elite Antonio Brown one, one hand catch with a pinky toe in the end zone kind of stuff. So I don't think they're going to give up that many points. And I do think that new England's defense is limited. 
So, and I know Jacksonville's defense or offense is very limited because Blake Bortles is the worst starting quarterback in the league, but they've got Leonard Fournette, who's a, an amazing running back. Uh, and then they also have uh, that defense. And so I think those two keys, that bam, bam defense is going to give us a, the ball in a good spot and we can run five to seven yards each time. I think Jacksonville is going to go in to New England and upset the world. And I've got 27-17 Jacksonville. Okay. Now, the other game. I'll yeah. let you give your pick. But I'll, let me do my first two. Now, the other game, Minnesota at Philadelphia. So I think two things. One, was that Minnesota Super Bowl, right? So did they score that touchdown? And that's everything they had. Like, they're gone. They, they don't even know how to run a play anymore because mm-hmm. they're still thinking about that touchdown, right? Yeah, right. And that would easily be the case if Philadelphia had their starting quarterback, yeah. which they do not. They have their backup, who once started for them and did very well, right? Did okay when he uh, started for the Chiefs. Did decent when he started for the yeah. Chiefs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles is not a bad quarterback. Not mm-hmm. an elite quarterback, but not a bad quarterback. Right. I think with the home field advantage and – the the understanding that man Minnesota really shouldn't be here like the mm. we're going to we're going to show you that this is a different level i think i've got philadelphia so that means i have philadelphia versus jacksonville in the super bowl with jacksonville winning the super bowl Ooh. it would be cool i will say this it would be cool if minnesota wins because then they would become the first ever team in nfl history to be playing on their home field in a Super Bowl. Yep. It's never had, happened. Before. Had had Philadelphia lost last week, Minnesota would have had the chance to play every game in the playoffs on their home field. That would have been incredible. Yeah. Now, I've got the same Super Bowl matchup as you, uh, but I'm going with uh, Foles and the boys, man. Them Eagles flying high, taking it home. Well, now, what's your reasoning? Give me your reasoning. I just think, okay, so we're going to break down Minnesota and Philadelphia. I think same kind of thing, right? I think you've got, first of all, three of the four teams uh, have never won a Super Bowl. How fun is that? Uh, the four yeah, teams but one team has won all the Super Bowls. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's going to be the New England Patriots Bowl after they both retire. <laughs> so um, I, I just feel um, same thing as you uh, with Jacksonville, right? Same reasoning. The defense is going to be able – uh, to kind of hinder the the Patriots enough, and for whatever reason, they're just going to be able to keep the ball out of their hand too. They're going to run it right because the New England defense is a little suspect. So I think we get a kind of a more I don't want to say low, but maybe mid scoring ish, right? You're maybe high twenties, right? And Jacksonville squeaks one out, same kind of way, right? Like Brady does everything right, even, but just doesn't get the you know they get the ball with four minutes left and run the clock down and score a field goal and win or something, right? One of those kind of things. With the Minnesota-Philadelphia, we've got uh, two teams not playing with their starter, right? And uh, we've got Foles, who's got that experience, right? I don't think Foles is intimidated. Now, granted, he's never made it this far, right? So, I mean, there is that factor. So he, But I feel like that's almost maybe going to get him a little more focused, right? Keenum will have a little more of the nerves, and Foles like, hey, man, I'm not getting another shot at this. You know what I mean? Like, Keenum probably thinks, hey, I'm back here next year. Foles is like, hey, man. 
I might not have a job next year. You know what I mean? He's in, he's in one of, of those course. positions. So, yeah. um, so I've got him going there. And then in that game, I just, for whatever reason, just like Philadelphia better. I just don't know that Jacksonville, I just don't feel like they can string enough great performances together. Uh, you know, because I feel like Jacksonville is one of those where you, you can't miss here, right? You can't not have the defense come up and then your offense is going to carry you, right? Like, I mean, I guess it's kind of what they did last time, so who knows? I just always feel that historically, even though we say so much that offense matters, look at all these sexy quarterbacks, Drew Brees, uh, Matt Ryan, um, Aaron Rodgers, they don't win. They don't win. What yeah. wins is a great defense. Now, mm-hmm. early on in the Patriots winning Super Bowls, it was not Tom Brady. It was Teddy Bruschi or Bruschi. Right. It was Willie McGinnis. It was Ty Law. It was a lot of the defense winning those early Super Bowls against the Panthers, against uh, the Eagles. Lately, those last couple, honestly, the Seattle one, they should have lost. If they, they just run lost. the damn ball on the one-yard line, they don't have a Super Bowl. Because that's the argument I always hate when these New England apologists are like, if it wasn't for two insane catches by the New York Giants, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick would have seven Super Bowls. And I want to counter with, well, if Seattle runs it on the one yard line and then the Panthers don't have an opening kickoff in the fourth quarter that goes out of bounds that gives them the ball at the 40, then they don't win those two Super Bowls. Right. So, you know, that's a DX suck it. Yes, DX suck it. All right. Uh, but but going back to my, my point, I always think defense wins. Right. So when Seattle played Denver in the Super Bowl, the first play was an interception. Denver never stood a chance. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, you have when the going back to the when the Raiders played the Buccaneers, Rich Gannon threw six interceptions to a superior defense. The Ravens of 2000 superior defense. It always seems to be defensive wins. And that corner. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, I believe his name is for Jacksonville. He is confident. He is cocky. He is ready to go. You can't tell him nothing. You know why I think the elite defense works better than the elite offense too, is because with an elite offense, you're still, yes, you have an elite offense on the side of the ball. You're still banking on a handful of opportunities that must be hit on by a handful of key players, right? You've got a running back. You've got two wide receivers mainly that you're going at, maybe a tight end, and your quarterback. Yes, your offensive line is playing a major role in all of those things, but, you know what I mean, you're going to have a set number of plays where, you know, you're going to catch it or not, whatever. The defense is a little more spread out, right? The line's all involved breaking in and can make those sacks. You've got the linebackers there. It's got these built-in tiers, right? So you can control a little bit more and keep things in front of you, whereas the offense – uh, that guy drops the pass or you got one corners just on your guy, whatever you've taken away 25% of your offense all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just, kinda... I think it's harder. I, yeah, I've always thought it was harder for the offense because the offense has to create what's going on where the defense has to just react. And if you're going on just ability, it's easier to react than to be proactive mm-hmm. in a high level physical altercation, I believe. And so, yeah, it's easier to chase the football than it is to, okay, we got to trick these people and misdirect the football and go this way, right? Yeah, I got to make him not be able to chase the football. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So that's that's why I think uh, defensive win Super Bowls. And it's a cohesive unit. They typically don't mm. get all the praise and stuff. Like you had a Ray Lewis. That's an outlier. Typically defenses are kind of no-name guys where they're elite, but you don't really know their names, just like the corner for – 
the Jacksonville Jaguars is probably the best but in the league. It's usually, it's, sure it's usually some sort of part, right? You've got the Legion of Boom, right? So the secondary is locked down. Or you've got one team that's just got linebackers that are just killing Still everything, curtain. right? Yeah. Still curtain up the Pittsburgh Steelers. Somebody's yeah. line just gets to the quarterback every play. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's one of those things because if you disrupt that it forces the team to do something they're not comfortable with and that's where the defense then controls the game because you're not comfortable doing that so i already got you tim and tom uh did you see the the scare of the century for uh one of our states in the union uh hawaii Uh gets an alert on their phone saying missile coming to your uh, house going to kill you good luck and yeah. then how long? Like thirty minutes later, they're like, "Ah, psych." That's, yeah, that's not- yeah. I, uh, so then the explanation is, "Hey, we've got a button, and it's there, so we push it. If we make everybody know that a missile's coming, and we had a shift change, and the guy accidentally pushed it." Is that? Hold get- on, hold on. I haven't <laughs> honestly been following the story that closely, and I'm being serious here. Yeah, is that? almost exactly what they're saying i don't know if it's almost exactly what they're saying i received the notification saying they said it was pushed erroneously during shift change okay that's the stupidest thing in the world think of it like this 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 and no you didn't hear a skip i just had to keep saying it so i didn't cuss right think of it like this This mother think of it like this. <laughs> yeah. Go to a CVS, Walmart, Walgreens and try to buy razors. Yeah. Men's razors. Yeah. Try to go do that. You know what you have Sudafed, to do? Sudafed, try to go buy that. All right. Right. You know what you have to do? You have to go get an employee. That employee then has to go get a key. Then they have to walk to the area that you're needed, uh, needing assistance. And they have to unlock that merchandise Mm -hmm. and then hand you the merchandise then you have to walk that merchandise to the register and then you have to check it out we're saying that the damn national security (laughs) is is quicker than that is easier more slippery of the hand than that it's harder to get razors at a cvs than it is to push the button on our national security get out of here. i said to you that day i said hey and i said and i mean this furiously there is no way that the process of alerting all of the state citizens of an impending missile crisis involves a single push, exposed, no second chance button capable of being pushed during a shift change on accident. That is in no way. I don't believe it. Something else happened. I don't believe that. Yeah, I I think there's uh, more truth to what happened and what is being told Yeah. Uh, because it can't be, it cannot be harder to get a razor than it is to push the, I guess, nuclear button or nuclear alarm button for the United States of America. That's just, can't, if you can't told be. me during shift change, it's always their process to run a test run on buttons, but they forgot to put it in test mode, right? That I hear that. But you tell me yeah. I was accidentally pushed in, in shift change. I'm like, nah, no, nope. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't happen. Tim and Tom.
So we've got a little uh, fun segment for you in the second segment. As we're kind of uh, gathering all these episodes up, uh, we thought to ourselves, you know, if you're a new listener, right? So uh, thank you to the Kansas City Roastery for uh, sharing our information, sharing our interview that we did with the Bean Baron himself. Uh, So if you're new, uh, thank you for listening and downloading. Uh, Please tell a friend. Uh, But we've also done interviews in the past. And so what we wanted to do on this episode was kind of do a interview medley. And hopefully you'd be interested in something uh, you haven't heard from a a previous guest. And if you have been with us since day one-ish, as a pro wrestling uh, phrase goes, uh, thank you. And we just kind of wanted to play an interview medley for you guys uh, to remind you of kind of the past guests that we've had. Maybe there was something that uh, we think is really interesting or cool and might Want, might make you want to uh, go back to a, that previous episode and listen to the interview again. So uh, we're going to kind of call this the interview medley, and it's just some highlights of some past interviews. Fun fact, Cher was the first actress to show her belly button on TV in 1975. See me getting to that work, you only do it part time. I don't see you catching up, you in for some hard times. You see how big I didn't came up from that. Tim and Tom. This episode of Tim and Tom is brought to you by Your Business. Tim and Tom's listeners could be hearing about Your Business right now. They could be hearing Your Business's address. Or Your Business's website address. Or even Your Business's phone number. But they're not hearing that right now, are they? If you want the listeners of Tim and Tom to know more about Your Business, contact us at timandtomkc at gmail.com. Tim and Tom. We have David Hayden of Updown. You're the marketing manager? Yeah, I'm the marketing manager for uh, Updown nationally. We have locations in Kansas City, Des Moines, and Minneapolis. And so you cover the whole kit and caboodle? The entirety of the northern half of I-35. What I want to know is, have you seen, like, an ultimate competition? I know we've been here with the NWL, and we've seen, like, the the tournament games, and some of those got pretty competitive. But, like, tell us some stories. Have you seen anyone where, like, two guys just went at it for, like, an hour at NBA Jam or whatever? Well, okay, so speaking of wrestling, here here's uh, my favorite story is uh, Seth Rollins came in after Raw with Xavier Woods one night. And uh, Seth uh, played another guy in a uh, game of NFL Blitz that – Seth Rollins eventually lost and has been commemor- com- has has uh, been brought back up every year to the day on Twitter since uh, to make sure that Seth Rollins remembers coming in and losing at a game of NFL Blitz. But that's part of it. I mean, we're a twenty-one and over establishment at all hours, and part of that is you know what? If you want to talk a little trash to your buddy, and if that the words you choose to use are stronger than trash. That's okay. You're surrounded by adults. You know, don't be obnoxious. Don't bother anybody else. But if you want to, like, you know, whisper something under your breath to try to throw somebody off, hey, I mean, that, that's part of playing games. We're grown-ups. This is a grown-up place. You know, that's part of what, what we expect. But it's all in good nature. I mean, that's the thing is afterwards, you go and you buy the guy, you just beat a beer. You know, you have fun with it. You know, it's all about, you know, 
a, a, a fellowship that comes from man, you do, I just had a great time sharing this experience with a random stranger who was playing this game, and that was cool. And I had more fun than I've had in a couple days doing that. So, man, let me buy you a beer. That was cool. Thanks for the game. You know, and so it can be competitive, but it's also about building that community. Tim and Tom. The World War One Museum, the National World War One Museum and Memorial. We have Laura Vote. We went over this over the break. Got to make sure I say it right. It's the museum's curator of education. How are you? Doing really well. How are you all? Doing great. Tell people who haven't been there yet, like, what's some of the, the things they have to see when they're there? Like, is there uh, a specific uh, story that, you know, is uh, available to read? Or what, what's the, the hook for the World War One Museum? Oh, there's so many. Um, less than 10% of our collection is on display at any one time. So I couldn't even tell you exactly what is going to be inside uh, any of the, the galleries, uh, when, when folks are coming through, um, per se, but things that people really seem to love, and at least one of them is not going to be moving anytime soon, uh, would be things like our, our phenomenal tank. It's a Renault tank uh, that had been out on the battlefield. It is uh, not something you see very often. Uh, anywhere around the world, and it is wonderful that we have it here. I mean, you just look at the size of it mm-hmm. and imagine, you know, one of these, yeah, uh, one of these uh, young men kind of, kind of having to curl up to get inside, uh, and then looking through the slits to just see how uh, limited the view was as they're trying to keep their own life and defend, um, you know, their, their homeland is, it's really stunning. Um, if, if folks really like technology or, you know, we've got the art, the artillery guns and, uh, things along that line. If what people are, are moved by is art, I, the poster collection here is really one of the best in the world. Uh, we've got posters, original, and, and it's all original. Everything inside the, the gallery is from that, that time frame. Um, the, these posters, you've got Italian and German and British, um, just some really lovely things. I think a lot of folks think that that um, Uncle Sam poster, We Want You, uh, is a World mm-hmm. War II poster, but it's actually uh, an original piece by James Montgomery Flagg. We've got that uh, inside wow. one of the original prints inside the, the main gallery, and there is a beautiful painting uh, upstairs in Memory Hall called the Pantheon de la Guerre, which is a uh, oil painting and, and actually started out as one of the world's largest oil paintings uh, and through a pretty incredible story. We now have it here uh, and really depicts the, the different uh, individuals and heroes on the Allied side of, uh, of the war. Tim and Tom. Dr. Alan Katz, a professor at UMKC, former ambassador to Portugal. So for those who aren't aware what the American Public Square is, describe kind of, you know, the, the condensed version of what the goal is for, for this organization. Okay, basically American Public Square is a series of community programs. And the organization is a group of non-like-minded people who are willing to uh, participate in a program on a controversial issue that's fact-based and civil. And the idea 
behind it essentially is to demonstrate that people who have very strong opinions, who don't agree with each other, can nonetheless have that disagreement based on facts, and it doesn't it, without demonizing people with whom you disagree. It seems like most of the time now, if we find someone that doesn't agree with us, doesn't matter whether you're coming from the left or the right, we ascribe the worst possible motives to why they don't agree with us. Mm -hmm. And the idea of American public square is saying, no, that's really not necessarily the case in a lot of case, in a lot, a lot of situations. So we bring people, we create panels of people who have different points of view. We have uh, we turn it into a conversation as opposed to a confrontation. We let people from the audience ask questions. We have real-time fact checkers, so people can't make stuff up. Mm -hmm. uh, or if they do make it up, they get caught at it. And the idea is not to embarrass people, but to give them a chance to walk it back. Mm -hmm. And we have what we call our civility bell, where a number of people have it. And if someone gets uncivil, they ring the bell and everything stops. And we kind of reboot and start all over again. We are entering our fourth season. We just had a program at the World War One Museum on the future of American political parties. And uh, we had almost 500 people there. Hmm. We had uh, on the panel, we had Howard Dean, we had former chairman of the Democratic National Committee, Danny Diaz, who ran Jeb Bush's campaign, Greg Orman, who is, ran, of course, is an independent for the Senate in Kansas, Jackie Saylor, who runs the Independence Party out of New York, and Beth Benami, who is the chairman of the political science department at UMKC. And we were able to have really a pretty good conversation. Uh, you know, the World War One Museum said they'd never had a crowd that big there. And really what it's demonstrating to me is the idea that there is an audience out there for this, that people, you know, we look on, we turn on television and we see basically food fights that pass as political discussions. Mm -hmm. And we don't think, and the whole concept behind this was, that really most Americans don't find that particularly in lighting and you know it doesn't doesn't it, it, it doesn't enlighten them it doesn't make it a pleasant place to be and so we're trying to provide you know a safe place where people who don't agree can come and disagree agreeably tim and tom all right we're back we've got andrew cameron donutology king master commander supreme coordinator what, what else should we call the the donut king of Kansas City. Right. Uh, I mean, that's what it really is. One thing that I'm noticing uh, about the decor is you have over here to our left the world famous space donut. Tell us about that because I've been in and I've seen the video, but I haven't really caught all the details about what went into it. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, one of our uh, collaborators came to me in November last year and said he he had this uh, laptop. He's like, can I talk to you for a minute? And he went on to have a 30-minute presentation on why we should launch a donut into space. And I'm like, you really didn't have to do all this. Like, all he had to say is, you want to launch a donut into space? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So um, we put it up on a weather balloon, uh, launched it out of Marceline, Missouri, which is the hometown of Walt Disney. And, uh, you know, just for some extra inspiration. And um, That's what it used to be known for. Now it's known for where the donut that went to space was launched. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, so we hung out there. Um, we launched it at uh, dawn that day. And um, four hours later, it ended up landing in eastern Illinois. So uh, we were expecting just to drive, you know, like two miles down the road. Um, we ended up driving 750 miles that day. They come in and they sell you on this idea. It, it sounds like it was, and rightfully so, just because we can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because why not? Yeah. And, you know, part of it with our, our science team and just inspiring uh, people to do outrageous things, like why not send a donut into space? So, so then uh, 
Um, a few of our competitors ended up sending things into space. Even Kentucky Fried Chicken sent a, a piece of chicken into space. And they even used the same uh, sound bites from our video. We won a lot of awards for, for doing it. So all of those businesses are now on notice. We got lawyers coming their way. That's right. Tim and Tom. The Royal Chief is on the line with us. Are you there? Yo, yo, I'm here, man. I'm here. Okay. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Going back to your uh, writing process and then kind of how you had mentioned that at, at the start you weren't that good. And obviously we've listened to your stuff and now you're getting to a point where, at least from our point of view, it's fantastic. So I wanted to kind of pick your Thank brain you. there for a second. When when was it that you felt like, OK, this is a hit? Was it something that you wrote? Was there a verse? Was there a song where you're like, you know what? I'm actually pretty damn good at this. I could make this into a career. I don't know. It's always weird. I always feel like you just kind of. They're just points that you hit along the way that you kind of always like, okay, I've leveled up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, I've taken a step forward. Um, and I, I feel like uh, probably my latest record, See Me Now, I have a record on there called See Me Now, and I, I felt really good about that song. And I, I'm, I'm very hard on myself when it comes to music, and I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like all my stuff is terrible. You know what okay. I mean? I don't, right. I don't know why that is. But I feel like everything's terrible. When I heard, when I'm, I made See Me Now, we recorded it and uh, and we did it on us. Like, you know what? This is a really good song. And that's, that's probably one of the first songs that I just felt really good about uh, mm-hmm. from the jump. Tim and Tom. All right, Tom, there was just a few highlights, uh, some great interviews that we've had, and that's not even all of them. Go back and check out timandtomkc.com. You can find the podcast feed on there, uh, and go back and listen to all the past episodes. We, we've, There's been some great interviews on here, if I do say so myself, Tom. So, yeah, we've had some great guests. We've had uh, the privilege of really interviewing a diverse uh, group of people. I mean, as you've just heard, and if you go back to, uh, to the website and uh, check out past episodes, you'll see we've got – you know, coffee makers, video game bars, mixed martial artists, Kansas City Chiefs insiders, and, you know, everything in between. And we're just getting more and more. So, uh, yeah, that was, again, kind of just a snippet of uh, what we've done so far. We've got a lot of great things planned for the future. So uh, if you thought that was great, which we hopefully think you do, we've got some really, really fun episodes planned for you in the near future. So, uh yeah, I guess uh, with that being said, let's uh, get on out of here. And I guess I, or uh, Tim does too, will tell you fun things to do in the city. <laughs> All right, we'll do that when we come back to Tim and Tom. Fun fact, Donkey Kong Jr. is the only game where Mario appears as the villain. About the last time we spoke, reminiscing while we spoke. Now here I am taking toast while I toast to your ghost. Your spirit always got a feature when I'm coming through these speakers. Wasn't blood, but it was deeper. I'm forever my brother's keeper. Weight of love on my shoulder. Forever my brother's keeper. I thought that it would be easier. Forever my brother's keeper. Tim and Tom. Tom, I don't know what to do this weekend. Well, good thing you asked me because I have some fun events for you. I didn't ask you anything. I didn't ask you anything. Nope, you totally did. That's what I took (laughs) as. So let's get into these fun events that we've got coming up in our great city of Kansas City. January 21st, -hmm. the Kansas City Reptile Show. Mm -hmm. What? What? Ooh, yeah. Now, this is going to be at 
10100 College Boulevard, Overland Park, Kansas. This is a new location for people who have went to past shows. Okay. So this is going to be Sunday, January 21st from 10 to 4 at the Double Tree by Hilton, Kansas City, Overland Park. Again, Overland Park, Kansas. Daily pass is $8 for adults, $3 for children, uh, 5 to 10. Kids, 4 and under, are free. That's pretty cool. They're going to have vendors. They're going to have uh, fun snacks. They're going to have reptiles, reptiles, and more reptiles. That's their words, not mine. Uh, they're also going to have uh, crickets, mice, rats, both live and frozen. They're going to have uh, super worms. Uh, they're going to have a variety of cages and tanks and toys and decorative items it's going to be everything reptile you can think of they're going to have it and again this is the kc reptile show uh sunday january 21st from 10 to 4 adults eight dollars kids three dollars from five to ten kids four and under you're free and uh watch out kids because the reptile might jump on your back uh you into that stuff man i I personally am not but i'm sure i know love a lot of people who love like reptiles snakes lizards and stuff i'm sure this would be a fun event to go check out even people watch would be fun at this thing i mean there could be all kinds of fun to be had here i like reptiles in the sense of like yeah it's fine i understand their purpose on the world or in the world (laughs) i understand like what they do they don't freak me out like you know in school like elementary school and even like middle school and i think even high school when like the the uh, school assembly and they'd bring a snake and they'd pick a kid and they'd like put the snake on the kid. Sometimes in elementary school, I remember I was picked as that kid and they were like, we're going to put this big yellow snake on you. I was like, okay, like Great. it's, it's on me. Like, what now? And they're like, isn't it crazy? And I was like, I guess it's pretty cool. It's a snake. Like snake. Uh, I like watching them. I like watching reptiles on like, uh, that planet earth, yeah, you know, like yeah. when they're like, doing all that stuff. So reptiles, I'm fine with them, but it's not like I have any or I've had any in but the past. you don't have an iguana. In, in no, your... I don't have any of those things. Uh, I have dogs. Dogs are my favorite. Uh-huh. Other than that. Ah, that's fun. Yeah, go check out the KC Reptile Show. What do we got? Next, we have on January 27th. This is for my friends who are into the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's called Ultimate Absolute 2018. This is going to be at One Riverboat Drive, Kansas City, Missouri, and this is going to be insane. I know some of the competitors that are in this, and I tell you what, it is going to be off the hook. If you want high-level black belt watching some amazing athletes competing in grappling matches, come to this. It is Blue Corner in association with the Underground Gym presents Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Grappling Tournament Round Robin Challenge. Now, this is also for kids. So if you have some kids that have maybe been doing Jiu-Jitsu for six months, a year, sign them up. This is a great experience. Adults, also, if you're new, if you've never done this before, if you want to see how good you are at the white belt level, sign up. You can do this. Round Robin format. So that allows each person to have several matches so you won't just get in there once and then get out but if you want to be a spectator like i like to be check this out because you're going to get some black belts like david littlewood you're going to get black belts like joe wilk uh you're going to get some black belts like travis conley who we've had on the spanish announce Mm -hmm. table because he's a former pro wrestler yeah t money this is yeah this is going to be some amazing stuff if you're into grappling i cannot tell you any more highly 
of an event that this is going to be. It is Ultimate Can't. Absolute 2018. This is going to be January 27th at One Riverboat Drive. I believe that's the Ameristar Casino. I'm not sure. It only says One Riverboat Drive. I'll find out. But uh, <laughs> it's going to be Ultimate Absolute 2018. Again, if you want to compete, it's great. Uh, time's running out, so make sure you get in there soon. Uh, it's great for beginners, but if you want to view uh, just as a spectator, you're going to see some black belts, uh, and it is going to be incredible. All right, next, we've got some great music. It's on the same night, so if you're not into the grappling, that's fine. Not everyone is, but if you like some music, I can tell you there's going to be a great band coming in to the Truman uh, January 27th, and it's going to be Milky Chance. you by my side so that I'll never feel alone again they've always been so kind you undoubtedly have heard this song playing through oh it's a major hit a major hit across all platforms I think it was maybe in a commercial maybe that's why it took off so big Uh Uh, but yeah Milky Chance uh, he's going to be playing that song for sure. He's got some other amazing songs. This is at the Truman. It's going to be 601 East Truman Road, uh, Kansas City, Missouri. I haven't been to the Truman. Have you? No, I have not. I think it's a newer venue. At least I'm going to guess that because I've been to most venues that have musical acts and I just haven't been to this one. So I'm thinking it's newer. Uh, if you want tickets, tickets are at ticketfly.com. Again, that is going to be Saturday, January 27th. Doors open at 8 p.m. All right, now let's get into the last event. It is also going to be on January 28th, but it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., so maybe you can do a little double dip. And it's going to be the Chinese New Year 2018, hosted by the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. Ooh, right? Now, here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. So I gave you some events, right? The Reptile Show costs a little bit of money, but it's definitely affordable. The Ultimate Absolute 2018. Going to be a little bit of a price to view, but it's still worth it. Milky Chance, obviously a musical act. They need your money, so it's going to cost you a little bit. Now this uh, Chinese New Year 2018, hosted by the Nelson Atkins Art uh, Museum of Art, completely free. It's a free event. Yeah. Ah, How fun is that? Right? So it says, and I quote, Delight in the Year of the Dog. Experience the culture of China and enjoy our world-renowned collection of Chinese art. Enjoy art activities, temporary tattoos, music, and dance performances, and of course, art. Art. The festival, include, the festival includes performances and demonstrations. So you're going to get this from so many world-renowned acts uh, coming into the Nelson Atkins. Uh, it's going to be great. Again, it goes from 10 to 4, Sunday, January 28th. It's the Chinese New Year 2018. And hey, it's the year of the dog. It's the year of the dog, huh? Yeah. So there you go. That's some events. And I'll recap them again really quick for you. So you have the KC Reptile Show. That's going to be Sunday, January 21st from 10 to 4. Then you got Ultimate Absolute 2018. That's going to be from 9 to probably 1130 uh, at One Riverboat Drive, Kansas City, Missouri. Then you got Milky Chance at the Truman. And then you got the Chinese Chinese New Year's uh, 2018 at the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. Plenty of stuff to keep you busy. Tim's favorite. 
Tom. Yes. Mitch, we talked earlier about Hawaii and the missile crisis flub. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, we did. Yes, we did talk about that. Let's get philosophical. Right? Okay. You're Tom. You're living in Hawaii. And you get a notification on your phone. Missile's coming. Find somewhere. Tell your friends you love them. Right? What are you going to do, Tom? <laughs> I'm probably just going to eat all the food in my house and be like, well, there's nothing else that I can do. Might right. as well just eat. Okay. And and various people are going to have various answers to that, right? Some people are going to call their families, right? Some people are going to, you know what I mean, do whatever, right? They're going to try to capture it on video or whatever, right? They're going to they're gonna have their things, right? And, and that's a philosophical question that's been asked, right? What would you do if you knew you had moments to live, right? I'll eat. Right. That's my answer. Eat. Now, here's uh, another philosophical question that maybe we might have had answered for us due to Hawaii, uh, is what would you do after finding out when you thought you had moments to live? That's no longer true. Everything's fine. So, you're Tom in Hawaii. You get that notification. You start eating, right? You start gorging. You get 30 minutes later, you get the other notification. Everything's fine. False alarm. Shift change. Stupid Steve pushed the button. Now what do you do, Tom? Puke. <laughs> Probably puke all the food I ate. You're wrong, Tom. The answer is furiously masturbate. Because Pornhub has figured out, thanks to their data tracking purposes, uh, that shortly after the notification came that said, hey, you know, the, the government's my bad message, within minutes, they had a 48% increase in traffic to Pornhub. <laughs> Everybody went back to, oh, okay, whoo. Okay, yeah. So at 8:23 a.m. at the height of all, the incoming missile alert was issued at 8:07 a.m. Right at 8:23 a.m., Pornhub's traffic changed negative 77 percent. Right, everybody said, "Whoa, I gotta stop masturbating and I gotta get somewhere safe." And then the false alarm statement was issued at 8:45. At 9:01, they saw a 48 percent increase in traffic. Hey, I mean, <laughs> right back to it, man. You're yeah, excited, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're excited. Like, Probably got some energy to work mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, puke, maybe. But after that, masturbate. Tom's favorite. So, as I mentioned in the first segment, I worked the Invicta Fighting Championships event at the Scottish Rite Temple. There was a fight between a lady by the name of Mallory Martin and Tiffany Masters. Now, I met these girls previous. They were both very nice. They were both very focused on the task at hand. Uh, pleasant to be around, but obviously th- they knew what was going to happen. They were going to get into a fist fight, right? Mm-hmm. Mallory Martin, though, she had a self-belief that I have never seen before. She was saying all of these powerful, you know, I can, I will, I'll achieve, and all of these different things while she was in the uh, loading area mm-hmm. to like get out mm-hmm. to the cage. And you know, I've heard that stuff before. You know, sure. people, there's a, I've seen a million fights probably, it seems like, and I've seen a million different ways of people getting ready for a fight. Some take a nap, you know, some do this self-talk. But what I've never seen is... While in the fight, Mallory Martin let Tiffany Masters know she's done. Yeah. She can't compete anymore. So just stop. Yeah. And I think we have some audio of that. We do. You're done. It's mine. You're done. You're done. No, I can save you. It's mine. Come on. You got to do something down there. Back in here. 
can save you. Come on, girl, you gotta do something down there. Uh, yeah just so, being verbally abused while being physically abused in yeah, front so, of thousands <laughs> like, yeah so mallory martin had her mounted which the mounted position is basically for those of you who don't know is she was sitting on her stomach sternum area and she was uh throwing punches to the side of the head of Tiffany Masters. Tiffany Masters uh, at this moment was exhausted, couldn't get up, obviously, because she was mm-hmm, mounted. Mm-hmm. So she's just taking all of this punishment. And at that moment, you can honestly do one of two things. You can turtle up and quit, mm-hmm. or you can try to like, you know, muster up Squirm the last out. bit of yeah. yeah, the last bit of effort you have left and try to get out. Well, Mallory Martin was just letting her know, no, you're done. I've got this. This is mine. So just stop. So yeah, like you said, not only was she being physically abused, she was being verbally abused by someone who had the self-belief that I have not seen before. Tim and Tom. Fun week. A lot of stuff we got into. Some favorite things we had. And then, of course, this medley of interviews, which going back and listening to this makes me feel good about where we're headed because Tim and Tom, we do a damn good interview, and uh, I don't even got to say it. I mean, I am saying it myself, but you know it. I mean, you know it. Man, Tom, I felt like we had a good week, and uh, I feel like we're heading good places, man. So keep tuned to Tim and Tom. Well, we'll have the Spanish announce table next week. We do these for the big four major WWE special events. Uh, we turn into Captain Awesome and T-Mac, and we bring you the Spanish announce table. We'll be doing that next week, and then after that, we'll be back with more Tim and Tom. Fun fact. President Teddy Roosevelt completed a 90-minute speech with a bullet lodged in his chest. An assassin shot him in the middle of it. Promise is going to pay off. So set in my way. Swear I may never take a day off. Uh-uh. No way they taking shots, man. They off. Way off. Treat every game like it's the playoffs, right? All work, no play. Man, I may never take a day off. Tim and Tom.